This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to another exciting edition of Equip with Chris Brooks. I am so thrilled to be with you today. Can you do me a favor? Strap on your seatbelt. Let's navigate through the contours of culture, as always, with the lens of the biblical worldview on. But before we do that, let me remind you, this is the day that the Lord has made. He has given it as a gift so that you and I can rejoice and be glad in it. So let's do just that. Let's follow the words of the Apostle Paul. Let's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Well, it's getting closer to Christmas, and hopefully you are celebrating Christ as Savior and the centerpiece of this season. As we have often said, and I don't think you can say it enough, Jesus really is the reason for the season. And I hope it's not lost on you that we are blessed and privileged to live in a country, while not perfect by far, still affords us the right to be able to celebrate our faith in Christ publicly without um, much fear of uh, certain types of reprisal. At least uh, in most parts of our country, we're not concerned about physical reprisal. We're not concerned about the worst forms of persecution. But recently I was reminded, uh, interestingly enough, by watching the World Cup, and maybe many of you have been doing that, this global event that uh, really has just brought the attention of the world to this wonderful sport of soccer, or if you're anywhere else in the globe, football, um, is a massive reminder to us of the uh, different type of nations that mark our world. And while one sport can bring all of those uh, various nations together, let's not assume that that means that their shared uh, convictions, their shared freedoms, and their shared rights. The reality is this Christmas, while many of us will be celebrating, having meals, gathering together in worship, and this year uniquely on Sunday morning filling houses of worship to lift up the name of God, there will be those who will be risking their lives to simply proclaim their faith in Christ this Christmas. And today, I don't want to forget them. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us, commands us to remember our brothers and sisters in chains, those who are being persecuted around the world. And whenever I think about care for the the persecuted Christians of the world, I think about our good friends over at uh, The Voice of the Martyrs and, and the work that they have done and continue to do. Todd Nettleton has been a frequent guest on our program, and I think deservedly so. Uh, Todd is the chief of uh, media relations and message integration for The Voice of the Martyrs USA and the host of The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. He has served as the voice for the persecuted Christian um, at, at this point. Uh, serving uh, Christians in 70-plus nations for more than 20 years now. Uh, Todd is well-respected broadly throughout the Christian community, and and might I add, even beyond that, for the work that he and uh, the Voice of the Martyrs has done. And it's my joy to welcome Todd today. Hey, Todd, how are you, brother? I am doing well. Chris, thanks so much for having me on today. Hey, you know, I just made a connection, maybe you have as well, between the World Cup and, uh, and and Christmas. I'd love for you to talk about that and your thoughts there, what 
we should be reminded of. But before we do that, just for those unfamiliar, can you quickly just remind us and inform some of the work that uh, your ministry does? Well, the Voice of the Martyrs is a ministry to persecuted Christians, and we are serving believers in more than 70 countries around the world where they regularly and routinely face persecution uh, simply for for living out their faith, for having a Bible, for gathering together to worship. Uh, One of the unique things about the Voice of the Martyrs is it, it was founded by persecuted Christians. Our founder, Pastor Richard Wormbrand, spent 14 years in prison in communist Romania. His wife, Sabina, was in prison for three years. They came to the West and began to share the stories, not only their stories from prison, but to say, hey, there are still pastors in those prisons behind the Iron Curtain. People like you and me, we hear that and we say, okay, well, if there's still pastors in jail, how do we help? What, what can we do? That's really how The Voice of the Martyrs was founded. And uh, this fall, we marked 55 years of doing that around the world. And as I mentioned, more than 70 countries now. And uh, we're helping persecuted Christians. We're helping respond directly to persecution events. We're distributing Bibles in those countries, helping to get the Word of God in. And we're also equipping and inspiring frontline workers. Uh, The people, uh, frankly, I call them pre-persecuted Christians. They are doing gospel work in a place where a person doing gospel work is likely to be persecuted. And so we provide them with tools and training and encouragement to help their work be as effective as possible. You know, um, I I just want to commend you because I think it's easy for many to say, this is all massively inconvenient. In a moment like this, we want to celebrate. We want to go to malls that play great Christmas music um, but yet you're you're reminding us not to forget about our persecuted brothers and sisters around the world. Why is it so important and even biblical that we remember? Well, as you said, you know, I know the writer of Hebrews says, remember those in prison as if you were in prison with them. Uh, so if you, I mean, even take a few moments, close your eyes and think about, okay, I'm in prison. What do I what do I want while I'm there? And I want to know that my family still has food on the table. I want to know that people are calling, you know, the president and saying, hey, get him out of jail. He's not a criminal. So if we just kind of put ourselves in that place, then the Bible says, "Okay, now what do you want people to do now? We should do that for our brothers and sisters. The other thing that that really the voice of the martyrs emphasizes, and and I think it's so important and sometimes it's not we don't think about it as much as we should. These are our family members. We're part of the same family. And so, you know, I I have two earthly brothers, and if one of them was in prison and maybe getting beaten on every day, you wouldn't have to remind me that he was in prison. You wouldn't have to tell me, you know, you really should care about your brother. He's in prison. He's being beaten on. That, That care would well up within me so naturally. That's how it should be for our spiritual family as well. We shouldn't have to be sort of goosed into or guilted into, hey, you should probably care. There's Christians in jail. No, that that's my family. Of course I care. You know, as you, as you share with conviction, I love the fact that you have been a connector in many ways, uh, kind of uh, going both directions, taking uh, the stories of the world to those of us here in America and the West in particular, and then taking the love of those of us that are here to our brothers and sisters around the world. You've been boots on the ground. You have seen it. It's not just stories that you've read and you're talking about. How did the, this year's World Cup, 
how do how do global events like this, be it the Olympics or World Cup, um, impact you, and, and and what thoughts does it provoke? Well, one of the interesting things about the World Cup, and I'm I'm not a huge soccer fan. I, I watch like three games every four years during the World Cup. So, so you're not predicting uh, outcomes for us today. I'm not I'm not laying odds. I'm not predicting outcomes. Uh, but what happened? I mean, this year it's in Qatar. Well, Qatar is on our prayer map. It is a restricted nation. It is a place where. If you're Qatari and you come to faith in Jesus Christ, you are very likely going to face persecution. And that that's probably going to start with your own family. Your your dad, your big brother is going to come to you and say, listen, we're a Muslim family. Uh, you say you're a Christian now. Well, you can't be a Christian and be part of this family. So you need to come back to Islam. And that Christian then is going to say, nope, I have met Jesus. I'm going to continue on following him. Well, then you're no longer part of this family. Now, we understand that to a certain level here in our culture, but in that Middle Eastern culture, your family and your family connections is the pathway to your education. It's the pathway to your future job opportunities. It's the pathway probably to marriage. Uh, It is the pathway to all of the good things that you want to have in your life. Those come through your family connections. And so if your family says you're dead to us, you, you you don't have any connections anymore. All of those things suddenly go away. All of your future suddenly goes away. The other really interesting thing about Qatar in particular is more than 60% of the people in Qatar are not Qatari. They are foreign workers from the Philippines, from Nepal, from other places around the world. They are accepted as Christians. If they are Christians, they are allowed to be. The Qatari government actually several years ago set aside a piece of property to build churches on. They built a Protestant church and a Catholic church and I believe an Orthodox church there as well. So these foreign workers have a place to go and worship, and it's kind of accepted that they could be Christians. But a Qatar a Qatari citizen is not even allowed on that property. <laughs> they they don't mm. want them in a church. They don't want them hearing the gospel. And so there's it's kind of two worlds, really. If, if you're a foreign Christian, it's one set of rules. If you're a Qatari, it is completely different. And, and if, if a foreign Christian is sharing the gospel with Qatari people— they are likely not going to last long in the country. Their, their visa is going to be revoked. They're going to be urged to go home uh, or maybe even kicked out formally. Hey, you yes. can't be here any longer. Um, so as we watch the World Cup and enjoy the spectacle and enjoy the competition, I hope as Christians we will also be reminded, hey, let's pray for this nation and let's pray for our brothers and sisters who live there. So while we're singing Silent Night, Oh Holy Night, Oh Little Town of Bethlehem, while we're singing our carols and hymns, let us not forget about the persecuted brothers and sisters around the world who cling tightly to the name of Christ, to the truth of the gospel, even at the risk, knowing the risk to their own lives, to their own family, uh, socially, physically, financially. And you may say, and this is what we typically get, Todd, whenever we begin this conversation is, how then should I respond? And I always say there, there's three steps to this process, I believe, is number one, you need, to, you need to listen. You need to listen to these stories because we, we, we need to be informed. And uh, listening in really, in many ways, is an act of love, right? We, we need to listen. And then, secondly, we need to be able to lament with these brothers and sisters who are hurting, 
and I think lament starts with prayer, at least in the Psalms it did. It was a crying out to the Lord, and I think we take this brokenness to the Lord. And, and then thirdly, we need to lean in and figure out how God would have us to care for them, and there's many practical ways uh, to do that. So as you listen to these stories, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about what's happening in Africa, in Laos, in India, Iran, Nigeria, China, and and around the world. Uh, We're also going to be encouraging you throughout the program to connect to the Global Prayer Guide. Um, If you go to our website, we have a link to persecution.com, and uh, that'll take you to Uh, the website for the Voice of the Martyrs, and uh, there's a global prayer guide that I'm going to ask you to connect with, to access now, and Todd Nettleton will give us further instruction when we come back about how we can use this global prayer guide. So we're not just fans of these nations and their teams all over the world, but in this Christmas slash World Cup season, we are intercessors, prayer warriors, praying for the nations of the world and for the Christians that reside within. Don't go anywhere. Much more to come next up on Equip with Chris Brooks. Christmas is almost here, and to help you make the most of this season, I'd like to sing you a book called Is Christmas Unbelievable? Author and apologist Rebecca McLaughlin helps us to go beyond the familiar story of the nativity to see the life-changing truth and genuine evidence of our Savior's birth. A copy can be yours when you give a gift of any amount to equip. Just call 888-644-4144 or visit online at equipradio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. What a phenomenal time of year it is. Talking to Todd Nettleton today from our friends over at the Voice of the Martyrs. But I want to say thank you for a year of tremendous generosity that you have shown to this program and to Christian radio broadly. You know, we really do become a lifeline for many. For some, it is a connection to God's grace during very difficult seasons. For others, it is getting equipped so they can more effectively proclaim their faith in Jesus Christ in every area of their lives. For some, we are able to go with Christian radio where missionaries maybe can't go through these wonderful airwaves and through the use of technology. All of it, all of it is funded through your generosity. And as we approach the end of yet another year, I want to say thank you for your generosity. And I also want to use this as an opportunity uh, to urge you on, to spur you on. December is such an important month for every Christian ministry, ours included. Uh, It really does lay the the base uh, for the upcoming year. If the new year is going to be a year of impact, it is critical that we finish this year strong. So thank you for your generosity. Uh, in particular, Georgia, uh, Georgia Lynn, uh, who's in uh, St. John, Indiana. Thank you for your generosity. Uh, also to Carice, uh, who's in uh, Birmingham, Alabama. To Laurel, who's in Bloomfield Hills, Michigan. And to Brian in Franklin, Tennessee. Uh, thank you for your generosity in giving to the program this month. Friends, I'm going to ask you to consider closing this year out and helping us to finish strong 
with your tax-deductible year-in financial support. By doing so, you're helping us to not only maintain fiscal responsibility, but to fulfill our mission of equipping Christians to more effectively live, share, and defend their faith. If the program's been a blessing to you, can you call now, 888-644-4144. That's 888-644-4144. Or go to equipradio.org. Also, and uh, in about uh, 15 minutes, as we begin our next segment, I got a pretty exciting announcement about our next Zoom webinar for our monthly partners. But for now, Todd Nettleton is with us. Uh, Todd, uh, I alluded to before we went to the break, um, this global prayer guide, which I find enormously uh, helpful and a powerful tool. Can you just talk about it and how our friends access it? Yeah, the Global Prayer Guide is, like you say, it's a tool to help you pray throughout the year for Christians in hostile and restricted nations. And what it is, is basically we list out the countries where Christians are persecuted and kind of dive in a little bit uh, about that particular country. Hey, who are the persecutors there? Is, is it the government? Is it some terrorist group? Is it your family members likely to be your persecutor? What motivates them? Is it radical Islam? Is it radical Hindu nationalism like India? Is it communism like China? And then how hard is it to get a Bible in that country? Are they legal but discouraged? Are they completely illegal? Do they have to be smuggled in? And all of this is to help you pray effectively throughout the year for persecuted Christians around the world. This prayer guide is free. This is a part of the Voice of the Martyrs ministry, is helping American Christians know how to pray, helping them connect with brothers and sisters in hostile and restricted nations. So we will send every single listener one of these for free. As you mentioned, our website, persecution.com. You can go on there, click on the Global Prayer Guide, give us your name and address, and we will send this to you. It's 100 pages long. It is full color. It's a nice piece to have. Put it beside your Bible, put it in your prayer closet, put it somewhere where every day throughout 2023, you can pray for our brothers and sisters around the world. And remember, that's the first thing they ask us to do. When we go and we meet with persecuted Christians and we say, hey, we're going back to America, we're going to talk to our church, we're going to talk on Moody Radio, how can people help you? The first thing they ask us to do is pray. And so the Global Prayer Guide is a tool to help us answer the number one request of persecuted Christians. Yeah, and and it is also, again, such a critical tool for us being able to um, actually move from heart to action, from heart to hand, if I will. Uh, There are other steps that you can take, and we'll talk about some of those other steps, but I really do believe that prayer changes things. Talk for a moment, Todd, about those or to those who may feel like, man, you know, it's just prayer. Is that really making an impact? You know, my favorite story that illustrates this, I have a couple actually, but there's a pastor that I met from Vietnam and he said these words. He said, when you pray for Vietnam, you are working right alongside us in Vietnam. And I thought, you know what? That's pretty amazing that I can be here in Oklahoma and I can go to work for the gospel in Vietnam simply by praying for that country, for the Christians there, for the advance of Christ in that place. The other story that comes to my mind is is a story I heard from Gracia Burnham, who was held hostage in the Philippines, former missionary there. And she said during the months of their captivity, and her and her husband were held for more than a year, 
she would look at him or he would look at her and they would say, you know, somebody's praying for us right now. And somehow, supernaturally, in the middle of being held hostage, in the middle of gun battles, in the middle of running for their lives, the Holy Spirit would remind one of them, hey, somebody's praying for you right now. And, and they, she talked about what encouragement they drew from knowing that they were being prayed for. And so one of the things that's helped me when, when I pray for persecuted Christians, one of the things I often ask the Lord, Lord, through your Holy Spirit right now, let them know that I'm praying for them. Let them know that someone is lifting them up. They're not forgotten. They're not alone. The family of God is lifting them up. And I, from Gracia, I know that God does answer that prayer. And so uh, that's one of the, the things that your prayers absolutely do make a difference. And God might even tell them right now, hey, you're being prayed for. You know, it's so interesting because part of what you do so naturally, Todd, is you help to personalize this conversation. You know, I got your magazine in front of uh, in front of me, and I was reading the story of Jamelia. Uh, she's in Saudi Arabia. Uh, you guys shared her story of uh, having uh, what seems to me to be a personal visitation from the Lord uh, after seeing this extremely bright light. Uh, she sought out, um, began to seek after God. And her story goes on to uh, cover her coming to Christ and also what life has been like ever since. Um, I would love for you to do a little bit more of that for us today. Um, Give us a sense of some of the stories that are deeply impacting you right now. You know, one of the stories that I think of often, and there's a couple of men right now who are in prison, and and in one case I have met him, in the other case I've only heard of him and and read some of his writings. One is Pastor Wang Yi, who is serving a nine-year prison sentence in China. He led an unregistered church. That was his crime. That's why he's in prison for nine years. The interesting thing to me, and the really amazing thing about Pastor Wang Yi is he wrote a letter to be released after his arrest and gave it to some of his deacons at his church. Hey, you know, it's probably I'm going to happen. I'm going to be arrested. I'm going to go to jail. When that happens, I want you to make this letter public. And the letter said, I'm willing to go to jail. (laughs) I, I understand this is part of what it means to follow Christ in China. I'm okay with that. I love my country. I pray for the leaders of my government. And if they want to lock me in prison for serving Jesus, I'm willing to go. And so now he is doing that. He is uh, serving that nine-year prison sentence. I actually just had a a conversation. We're going to have it on Voice of the Martyrs Radio this weekend with a Chinese Christian, Bob Fu, the founder of the China Aid Association. And he gave us an update on Pastor Wang Yi. And and this is what he told me. Pastor Wang Yi has a 1,000... Prayer, a prayer list of 1,000 requests, and he is spending his nine years in prison as a prayer retreat to pray for those 1,000 things, and he just works his way through his list. Wow. And I thought, what an amazing example of someone who says, I'm willing to go to prison. He, he, he willingly paid that price. He knew that was the de- danger. He knew that was the risk, and he said, yep, I'm going to keep serving the Lord in China. And now that he's in prison, he's not sitting there thinking, Lord, how could you let this happen to me? Or, Lord, have you forgotten about me? He's spending the nine years to say, man, I have some dedicated prayer time now. I'm going to go through my 1,000 prayer items, and then I'm going to start again at the top and pray again. What an amazing example for us. 
I've read Pastor Wang Yi's letter. I've actually uh, referred to it and and walked through portions of it on a previous program here on uh, on this show. Uh, it is um, convicting uh, in many ways. It is uh, so uh, encouraging to see a leader who's facing the type of opposition that he and his brothers and sisters are facing uh, in that section of the world. It is almost a a modern-day epistle, if you will, uh, uh, the type of letters that we read uh, from the apostles uh, and when we open up our New Testament. Uh, we'll try to track down that letter and make it available for folks to be able to read. But when you talk about uh, this type of leader, you're talking about somebody who not only is making an impact, but he is multiplying leaders like that, multiplying leaders like himself around the world. One act of bravery, one act of courage really does uh, multiply. And I think about the quote from one of the church fathers, Tertullian, who you know, Todd, said these famous words, that the blood of the church, the blood of the martyr is the seed of of the church. What do you think he meant by that? You know, what we see in places like China is you try, the government tries to stop the growth of the church. They cannot do it. And they will lock people in prison and they will even kill people. They will execute people. And somehow, some way, God takes that sacrifice and he multiplies it to build his church. And one of the things I, I talked about yesterday with Bob is, is the young people in the church in China they know about Pastor Wang Yi. They yes. know about Pastor Samuel Lam, who spent more than 20 years in prison for leading his church in China. This is a part of the legacy that they are handed down as a young Christian in China. And so when their time comes, they just say, hey, it's my turn. I, I need to carry forward the legacy myself now. Thank you to Charles from Chicago for your gift. Thank you to uh, Hector in Miramar, Florida. For your generosity, Irene in Washington um, today, gifts large or small. Can you please call 888-644-4144? We'll be right back right after this. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Today, we are considering the plight and uh, the reality of Christmas in lands that are persecuted and hostile towards Christianity. We have many brothers and sisters who are in chains, who have been beaten for their faith, who risk their lives all for proclaiming what we celebrate in this season, that Jesus Christ came with salvation in his hands for you and for me, and that he is the risen Lord. Today, as we celebrate Christ. Let us not forget our Christian brothers and sisters who are in persecuted lands around the world. My guest today is Todd Nettleton. Todd has been serving with the Voice of the Martyrs uh, ministry for over 20 years. He is the radio voice for them. He also oversees uh, media relations and message integration for the ministry. Todd, how many countries have you been to at this point? Uh, well, I got a head start because I'm a missionary kid, but I'm over 50 now. So I, I think wow. I'm like 54 at this point. 
Wow. So many of these nations, you've you've been there. You've seen these brothers and sisters who are suffering for their faith, uh, faith, uh, faith uh, firsthand, and uh, and that that gives a different level of credibility. One of the areas of the world that uh, that I love, I, I'm married to. Uh, a wife who hails, uh, whose family hails from from Ethiopia. I see that nation on your list. I think about Africa as a continent. One of the programs you guys are running right now is to the extreme. Talk a little bit about what that program is about and and what's happening in Africa. Well, what we're seeing in Africa is the rise of radical Islam, and and really it's moving from north to south uh, all over the continent of Africa. And in fact, uh, you can kind of draw a line, frankly, and you can watch the line move from year to year as radical Islam pushes further and further south. Uh, I think of northern Mozambique, where there is a, a group that has pledged allegiance to ISIS, they are literally going into villages and gathering everyone together and saying, okay, are you a Christian or a Muslim? And if you're a Christian, you're executed. Uh, and often it's by beheading. And so as we see that, that line of radical Islam moving further and further south, that means there are more and more persecuted Christians, people driven from their homes, uh, people, the, the widows of martyrs, uh, others who need direct assistance. There is also a need among the church to prepare them to face persecution. And so uh, providing tools and training and encouragement for pastors and church planters and church leaders to say, hey, this is coming. You need to prepare your flock. You need to get them ready. And uh, so that's both of those things, the, the direct response to persecution and the strengthening of the church are part of Voice of the Martyrs Ministries in Africa. You know, I, we got a call from Otis, uh, who is listening in Iowa. He wanted to share the story. He didn't want to be on the air, but he wanted his story to be shared with you. That um, they they did a study, a study that was produced by your ministry, entitled "When Faith Is Forbidden," um, and uh, from that, their faith was built. Later on, his wife uh, began to suffer pretty severe headaches, which later on was discovered that she was uh, dealing actually with a brain tumor. Um, it, it, what they shared, what Otis shared, is how studying when faith was for, uh, is forbidden, it, uh, it impacted their faith. Even while being made aware and praying for brothers and sisters in persecuted lands around the world, uh, they uh, continue to trust God through uh, his wife Shawnee's uh, illness. She did eventually pass away, but their faith was bolstered through that season. I-, I want you to talk about what happens to our faith as we take up the mantle of praying for others. Here's the example that I like to use. Uh, I'm a football fan. And so, you know, if my team is going to play the Patriots on Sunday, I want to watch the film. If I'm the coach, if I'm the players, I want to watch the film of the team that beat the Patriots last Sunday, right? I want to see what they did that worked. How did they manage to win? So, if I'm going to go through hard times, and, and in Otis's case, hard times was, was a health crisis. Yes. In some of our cases, it might be persecution. If I'm going to go through persecution, I want to watch the film of the people who've already been through persecution, and they came out with their faith even stronger than it was when they started. 
I, I want to know those stories because that's how I want to prepare myself. And so that's really what I think the power of the stories of our persecuted brothers and sisters is. Hey, yes, they had hardship. Yes, they had suffering. And it's easy for us as we tell, you know, their victorious stories to say, to kind of undersell the amount of suffering. You know, I, I think of Pastor Wang Yi, who we talked about. He is suffering. He is in prison. It's not easy. But God is there with him. He is going to come out with a smile on his face and his faith intact. Those are the kind of examples we need. And, and like I say, all of us will face hardship. We will face suffering in some form or another. How can we best prepare ourselves? Obviously, the Scripture meditating feeding on the scriptures, and then the stories of people who've already suffered, the, the the film, if you will, of the people who already beat that, and they were victorious. Well said. 877-LIVE-675 is the number to join the conversation. We're also going to get Wang Yi's uh, letter, Pastor Wang Yi's letter up, so that you can be encouraged and inspired as you pray for our brother as he serves a nine-year prison sentence. For some, uh, the global prayer guide is maybe a first step. For others, they say to me, Todd, man, I'd love to get more personal than that. I'd love to be connected maybe to like a frontline worker. You guys have taken prayer to a very personal level. Talk about the partner in prayer opportunity and movement. Yeah, this is something where you commit to pray for a frontline worker for a year. And we will send you the frontline worker. We will we will send you a picture of them. We'll send you a little bit about their ministry, about their family, so that you can pray. It's actually a picture of them that you can put in your Bible. You can put it up on your refrigerator, someplace that you'll be reminded to pray. And again, that's a that's a one connection that that your frontline worker that you're praying for and you are supporting their ministry. And I go back to what that pastor in Vietnam said. When you pray for Vietnam, you're working side by side with us in Vietnam. When you pray for your frontline worker, you are working side by side with that frontline worker wherever they are at around the world. And it really does build that connection and build that sense of, hey, we're in this together. And, you know, this is so important because I, you know, I've recently, I've done a lot of missions work in my in my ministry life. Uh, I recently have begun to do more work with persecuted pastors, in particular in the Middle East, some in India, uh, some in Nepal. Um, but I will attest to this, that typically the first thing you hear from them when you ask them, how do we stand with you, is pray. Please partner with me in prayer. And what you guys are saying is, Hey, whether it's your, you know, kind of first step into this, the global prayer guide, or you want to actually pray for a specific frontline worker, that connection can be made. I want to talk about children in just a moment, but before we do that, let's go to Wayne, who's listening in New York on the Moody app. Wayne, thank you so much for listening. What's your comment or question for Todd today? Uh, just a comment, um, you know, listening to what what's being done around the world. And we already know about the persecuted church and, you know, in, in Asia and Africa and different places. But it just seems like there's an irony to it that we have such prosperity here in America. And we look at our own lives and we don't see that heavy persecution. And we're so anemic here in, in America. It's almost like persecution to the American church would be a blessing in disguise to spread the gospel 
where we really need to be. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, Todd, you can, you can certainly answer that. I, I'll just simply say real quickly, mm-hmm. brother, uh, though I do appreciate your sentiment, I will simply say seeing the persecution that many of these brothers and sisters are facing firsthand, I think they would say that they wouldn't wish that on anyone. And though certainly the American church should and and, and can be uh, critiqued, I think it's important for us to also acknowledge simultaneously there's a tremendous amount of good that's being done by the American church. So, yeah, I think that if persecution comes, if God wills that, um, we we pray and hopefully will honor him through that, through our witness. Um, but I also think that it's possible, even without that type of persecution, for us to reflect the goodness of God's grace. And I hope uh, that we would we would do that. Uh, Todd? You know, I, I'm reminded of meeting Pastor Alan Yuan in Beijing. It's been many years ago now. Pastor Alan Yuan now is in heaven. Uh, but one of the things he said in, in that conversation, he said, you know, in, in China, the church faces persecution and, and Satan uses persecution against us. He said, in America, Satan uses prosperity against you. And I thought, how interesting that he would sort of equate those that, you know, if Satan can distract us, he'll use whatever tool is at his well disposal. Yeah. Let's make sure that we're not distracted, that, that that we don't allow prosperity to come between us and serving the Lord and having that passion to serve the Lord. Uh, so that that would is not necessarily my response. That's that's Alan Yuan. Yeah, I think that uh, either can be a huge challenge, but... Uh, to Wayne's uh, point and his, the greater purpose of his call uh, to the American church, let's pray that we get uh, even uh, more committed, more serious about serving our Lord. And one of the ways we can do that is to respond to um, conversations like this. We need to ask ourselves, how now shall we live in light of this? And I pray that maybe our response would be, and at least as a first step, Hey, go to EquipRadio.org, find out more about Todd Nettleton, find out more about the Voice of the Martyrs, and then take that next step, explore their website, and figure out how God would have you to get involved. Uh, Todd, I I mentioned before we took Wayne's call, and thank you, Wayne, for calling. I mentioned uh, children. Uh, You guys care deeply for kids in this season. There's so many children that are being impacted uh, by persecution around the world. How do you connect Christmas to the heart of those children? One of the things we've done for a number of years now is deliver what we call Christmas care packs. And it is uh, items packed into a backpack that are distributed to the children of Christians living in hostile and restricted nations. And so it is like school supplies and an outfit of clothing and a toy and maybe some hygiene supplies, maybe a brush, maybe a toothbrush. And also in every single Christmas care pack is an illustrated children's Bible in the language of that person. Uh, And and so it is not just a gift, not just a present, but it is also a spiritual preparation. And, you know, in in most of the cases, probably 98% plus of the cases, this is the first time that child has ever had their own Bible. And so for them to have God's word and to be able to read it to themselves, in some cases to read it to their parents or their grandparents who may be illiterate, that is also a blessing. And, 
you know, these are children who are likely to face persecution at some point in their life. So how do we prepare them? How do we get them strong enough? Giving them God's word is a key part of that to be able to strengthen their faith and be ready when the day of persecution comes. You know, I'm grateful, Todd, that you guys are on the front line doing what you're doing. I remember talking to a pastor once in my formative years of the Christian faith who said, uh, you can listen to a conversation like this, and there's only really three responses, Todd. Either you go, or you give, or you're in sin. And when he said that to me, it seemed like uh, maybe too harsh of a comment. The longer I live as a Christian, the more I realize that that man of many years and much wisdom was absolutely correct. What we can't do, what's not an option, is simply hear this reality and do nothing. These are our brothers and sisters around the world. We're going to talk more about their stories next up on Equip. On Equip, we tackle the tough issues, and there sure have been many this past year. But we continue to confront them with the relevant biblical truth of the gospel. As we turn to a new year, will you join our Christ-centered approach by becoming an auto-gift monthly partner? Keep Equip on the air in your community and across the nation. Your $30, $50, or $85 a month gift will make a huge difference in this new year. Equip yourself and make a difference for Christ and his kingdom at the same time by calling 888-644-4144 or go to equipradio.org. Hey friends, Chris Brooks here. I want to invite you to join us for our next Equipper Zoom webinar coming up on Thursday, January 12th, right after the program. We'll be talking about one of the greatest challenges facing our children, our relationships, and our society today. That's mental health. Bring your questions and join the conversation as we discuss Jesus, anxiety, and depression. Equippers, look for an email from me with registration details for this free interactive webinar. Not an equipper and want to attend? Well, become a monthly partner by calling 888-644-4144 or online at equipradio.org. That's right, friends. Hopefully you heard that very special announcement that the next Equipper Zoom webinar is coming up on January 12th. And today is the first day you can register. That's right. As soon as this program is over, I'm sending you an email if you are a monthly partner for Equip. And in it will be registration information for Jesus, anxiety, and depression. What does the gospel have to say about mental health? We'll talk about that, take your questions, and so much more at our next monthly partner, Equipper Zoom webinar. So make sure you look for that email, the Equipper Encouragement email, and make sure you register today. Todd Nettleton is my guest. I so appreciate whenever Todd is able to stop by. He's the chief media relations and message uh, integration uh, leader for the Voice of the Martyrs, a wonderful ministry. Hopefully by now you're convinced of that, that helps to keep us ever mindful of what's happening to our brothers and sisters who are being persecuted literally around the world. Uh, Todd, we begin to talk about uh, children and the things that we can do for them. How do we prepare, excuse me, how do we prepare our children as you think about your, your own life and your own family? How do we prepare? What advice would you give for us preparing our children and talking to them about the reality of persecution? 
You know, we just welcomed our first grandchild in our family, and I have been thinking about that. How do, how do we prepare this baby, this young, who will be a young man someday, to, to face hardship, to face persecution, to stand up for Christ, even if no one else is standing, even if everyone else says, no, that's stupid, you're dumb, or even if they say, you're going to go to jail. Yeah. How do we get them ready for that? And I think... You know, one of the things, the first thing is we've got to have young people who are in love with Jesus. Uh, when you're in love with Jesus, it doesn't matter what anyone else says. You're in love. You understand the, that connection. We got to get people in love with Jesus. We got to get people with deep roots in the scriptures from a young age. The Bible, the Bible, the Bible. We've got to get our Christian young people who are plugged in and trained and instructed and love God's word and have it in their heart and in their mind and in their brain. And then I think as we have talked about the, the stories of people who've already been there, they have stood for Christ. They love Christ so much that they're willing to go to jail that they're willing to lay down their lives as we hold up those people as heroes to our children. And I think, uh, you know, we have lots of heroes in our culture. Some of them are our football players. Some of them are our basketball players. As Christian parents and grandparents, let's make sure we hold up Christian heroes who are people who are willing to give everything for Christ. And let's let our children and our grandchildren know, hey, this is admirable. This is heroic. And make sure they see those kind of followers of Christ as heroes as well, people that they want to pattern themselves after. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that role modeling, uh, the reality of persecution is uh, is so important for us to embrace. There are going to be times where we're called to pay a cost for our faith in Christ. Maybe that's socially. Maybe that's just in this season standing for what's right, even among our family members. But let's model what it means to do that in grace, in truth, but faithfully unto Christ. Hey, one more story that is contemporary in addition to the World Cup. I wanted to mention many have been following protests in Iran. It's important to know you guys have been tracking this. Many Christians are sharing the gospel and using these protests as an opportunity to share the gospel. You can find out more at the Voice of the Martyrs website. Uh, again, I've been encouraging you to connect at equipradio.org. There you can find out about Todd and about the Voice of the Martyrs, about what's happening in Iran, what's happening in Qatar, and other places around the world. Todd Nettleton, Merry Christmas to you, my friend. Congratulations on the grandbaby uh, being born, and thank you for all you do. Thanks so much, Chris. It, I always enjoy our conversations. Thanks so much for having me. Well, it's been a great year so far, but you can help us to finish the year strong, friends, with your generosity. Can you, number one, commit to praying? taking our conversation today seriously and before the Lord. But number two, can you stand with us financially as well? Why don't you go to our website, equipradio.org, or dial the number 888-644-4144. Until we're together again next time, as always, remember, Equip with Chris Brooks is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. 